Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. So we're going to do something a little different today. Hi, Ron, for Hometown Heroes. Today, this week, is the 60th anniversary of the assassination of a man whose presidency was short-lived, but his impact is still felt today. And so today we're going to talk about his presidency and him as a man and all the things that he did and how his impact has lasted to this day. On Friday, we're going to break it down and talk about the assassination and all the stuff that's being released due to former President Trump, and all the new information coming out, and all the different conspiracy theories. And we're going to talk about different documentaries and all the other fun stuff. We're going down a big rabbit hole. Well, Mary, I appreciate that you're taking the time to utilize this week for this acknowledgement, because... You know, we have been shaped through different events throughout the history of our country. And most of them, there have been more, let's put it this way, there's been more positive events than there are negative. And if we dwell on the negative, we can make everything. But to be honest, the bottom line is because of what the precepts, the building blocks of what this country was founded by, built on, and for the most part, is adhered to, number one is the foundation of God and the Creator. Now, I'm, not, I'm going to just come out and say God. I, some people want to be politically correct. I'm not. So I'm going to say from God. And then you take the principles that, that the faith, general faith of being a believer, all construct what the American dream and what the American country is. And then we took it to a next level. We created constitution, a set of laws that were the parameter for us to operate on on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis and for a, a local, uh, state, and federal level, we have an extremely creative and great blessing to individuals. The first thing, you know, all the problems that we have right now go back to one, one feature. You can't ignore it. You have to respect creation of life. 
creation. And when you deny that, you go, you go down a whole different road. But when you acknowledge it, you go down a different road too. The different road is that you go through creation, growth, creativity, expansion, and it's what God's plan is. When you go down the other road, it's destruction, it's humiliation, it's taking what God wanted not to be for his people, still doesn't, and he's given us a plan to solve it. Now, I'm not here to preach as the president of the whole collection, but our foundation is all about bringing these things to light and cherishing them and acknowledging them. Now, going down the road of when we have issues that go off the track, well, that's even more time, more important for us to acknowledge and really go back to our core beliefs. And when we do that, you know, you can't have an open heart to clench this. So if someone's listening to this call, and I pray that you are, and you got clenched fish in the fist in your life, well, let's talk. Let's communicate. Let's share a message of hope. The hope collection. Let's share a message of the Golden Rule Society doing unto others as you'd like to be treated. Let's see if we can't help get every single one of us more on track so that we can accomplish more for the glory of God. I'm done with my sermon for the day. And I understand that you have other guests on the show today, um, Mary, but I just want to stop in and say hi. I had the chance. Thank you. You know, Ron, I called you and last night and we talked about the topic of the show. That was it, right? We didn't discuss yes. the format. We didn't discuss about what we were going to talk about, just literally JFK, right? So I'm an avid collector, and I'm a, I love JFK. So I've got buttloads of newspapers from all over the, the country from that time period. And so my opening, I planned a quote from the Pittsburgh Classic Paper from November 28, 1963. The whole episode of the assassination of Mr. Oswald raises suspicion that law and order in Dallas, all over the country, is not yet solidly rooted in the respect for individual rights, which our president, Mr. Kennedy, championed so vigorously for. It is in climate of law, not firmly committed to human dignity, that extremists thrive. All America must share the guilt of these tragedies, for we have tolerated, if not even encouraged, in the name of individual liberty, the atmosphere of hate and violence, which nurtures assassins and all manner of extremists. But Dallas, which has shown a marked disinterest in discipline, such individuals and groups must share the guilt in a marked way in a shame in a manner all of its own. That was pre-planned. And what you talked about basically paraphrased the quote without even knowing it. How cool is that? Well, the the string, you know, there's a string, a common string that goes through the message, goes through, and that's why I I reflect. It's what I have learned. It's what I've experienced. It's what I've perhaps seen in some different lights. Having my, every one of us have experienced it, and we can relate back to. And I'm just so 
right now, the world we're in right now is, is a, without question, you know, the, the commentators say we're in a dangerous point. We got to do this. We got to do that. Well, yeah, I, I do believe we have to do some things. One thing we can't do is compromise our principles. And the principles that when God, Christ didn't back down when he was right. Now, he was right about the people that wanted to kill him. He was right that they shouldn't have done that. But they're paying the price. They're going to pay the price forever. And he willingly paid it so that for the reason he was here was to give us a, a way of their way out, the forgiveness. We got the bus ticket home. And, you know, knowing that, we can go into circumstances where many people walk around going, I don't know, I don't know. Well, they do. They just don't want to admit that there is a definite answer. When you decide a definite answer, most people who don't want to know are afraid of the right answer because it causes them to have to decide, make a decision. Most people go through life. I thought I remember when I was um, younger, had a gentleman at a big conference, you know, there were a lot of motivational speakers and all kinds of things. And uh, he says, you know, I always find it funny when I talk to a young man who said, I asked him, well, how'd you get this job? He said, well, I just ended up here. Or how'd you get married? Oh, I don't know. I just found someone got married. No. What happens in the case of getting married, yes, they're on a date. That was the first decision. Second decision, you made a two. And then you never stopped dating. So you tied to that. That was the next natural, God-fulfilling step in a person's life. Well, it's funny, a decision was made. Not a big decision. And for some people, it's really hard. It doesn't mean they don't make it. Some people choose not to make it, and that, that's still a choice. By the way, most times, people go, well, I'm not going to make a decision. Well, you just did. See, you can't be mealy, mealy, mealy-mouthed about life. You've got to make decisions. Decisions the day that they decided to go to go, go, uh, Dallas, Texas, was a moment in time. And quite frankly, there had just been an issue that the world was on a cutting edge and we were going to probably destroy ourselves. We were maybe 30 minutes from having our our world gone into a, a catastrophic nuclear war. And the gentleman you talked about, we're talking about this week, John Kennedy, he had made some decisions. He had people on one side telling him, Go to war, go to war, go to, there was time to go to war, and there's a time not to. What he did, the smart thing he did, is he called the bluff of the enemy. And he just went out there and put a big barricade up and said, you're not quitting no more, you're not taking anything more to Cuba, and you better get out of there. What's, what's there, you better get rid of it. And he didn't blink. He was at the negotiating table. No, he wasn't in the negotiating table. He was in the White House saying, this is what we're going to do. And when he did that, a decision was made. And I believe, in my, my sincere thinking, everything I've experienced and learned, I think that's what cost him his life. But he did the decision knowing that that was going to be, it's like a troop or someone that goes and willing to put their life on the line 
And there's one scripture that stands out amongst all. It says, great is he who laid down his life for another. And there is no greater love. And we see it, we know it as Christians, we know it. Because if he had not done it, we wouldn't know it. So I'm excited that we, again, can turn to experiences that can lead us. And right now, as I started to say earlier, we're at a point we got people with the the negotiators. They want a peace, peace, peace. You can't have peace when you have someone who is sold out to kill you. That's a name of a thought that you can. But we've got people who have power that would negotiate your freedom, my freedom, and our life and the lives of others. They'd rather get to be able to get. They're like a guy in World War II started. There was a guy, he was an officer in the government of England. And uh, he went over to Germany and sat down and got a, got a contract with Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler was evil, total evil. You don't make an agreement with an evil person. An evil person is going to do evil. When you turn your back, it's going to do it. Well, Neville Chamberlain came back, I got peace, I got peace. The next thing you know, old Germany rolled yeah. right into Poland, rolled, rolled right into Czechoslovakia and everywhere else, and they, they only killed 10 million people, Jewish people, who we all assessed to, they're all claim, cling to the being that that was, a cruelty was never going to happen again. And here we are in the year 2023, the evil of Nazism, anti-Jewish, Hebrew, anti-God, is alive and well. And there's only one way you beat it, you kill it. You can't negotiate with it. And the people that believe that they can negotiate and solve a problem and coexist, it's not. I can't do it. can't do it. And it's ignorance. And everybody listening on this call knows knows what I'm saying. They know what I'm talking is the truth. So we need to be strong and be knowing that we've got to do what's right. Go ahead. So I want to welcome an old friend back. Who's been missed in his absence? Hi, Kurt. How are you? Hey, Mary. Hello, Kurt. Hey, Kurt. Welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, I want to talk to what you were talking about. Um, Teddy, I remember when I was a child, he, he. he was all pro-American. He wanted Americans to achieve great things, and he didn't back down on the con- from the you know, from the Communist Party, um, or uh, you know the blockade of Cuba. Uh, we were on the verge of World War III. Then I remember in kindergarten I had a, I didn't step for us uh, drills, and but. Johnny, Johnny was a very uh, had a philosophy of um, peace through strength, and he showed the Soviets that he was not going to back down. No, he had a lot of critics. Um, 
saying, oh, you've got to talk to them. No, he didn't have to talk to Russia. He did it because he was a strong president, and he knew he had the uh, people of the country on his side to uh, back him up. And um, he was a great man. I went to his um, compound in Hyannis um, when I was taking a uh, boat tour. And I went to his museum. There's a beautiful museum in Hyannis about Kennedy. And all his, yes, a couple of his suits are there. And it was really cool. But I really, really admire Kennedy. He's one of my um, heroes, my mentors. So to speak. And I do also don't remember the funeral. I was five and I was watching on a black and white television, black and white television, and it was all the kids were sent home that day for the funeral. So, uh, but he was an amazing man. You know, there's so many things about this man that he's a look at everything this man accomplished in a short amount of time. I mean, he was up for re-election, which is why he was in Dallas to begin with. So he's only done not even a full presidency. And he managed to put a man on the moon. He managed to help the civil rights movement. He was. He was going to sign um, that um, bill into um, law, the civil rights bill, but he got killed before he could even sign it. And that's where Johnson came in and signed it. But, but yeah, he was the he was the building block. <laughs> and one thing people don't know or don't really realize is how much he supported the art. Did he really? And he was one of the first presidents to open up the White House for artists and musicians and writers. He was a big advocate, which is why when um, Jackie redid Grand Central Station, there's the murals and all the stuff down there is all focusing on different cultures and arts. You know, there's... You know, one of the favorite things that I loved about listening to him speak, one is about selfless service. He was all about, you know, giving back as opposed to, you know, um, taking. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And they should go by those words today, but they don't. But, you know, the other thing that I absolutely loved was the fact that, you know, he gave Jackie so much props and so much respect. 
You know, he yeah. always said that I'm just the man behind behind her. You know, no one cares what I'm wearing. No one cares what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, she on her own right was her own fashion icon. But, you know, the cool thing was that I didn't know this that actually before Kennedy was assassinated, he was working on establishing the National Endowment for the Arts. Why the Kennedy Center of the Arts is then down because of that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, um, He was big into he Kennedy actually helped start and create the STEM movement that is so popular now. He encouraged the science and technology and the art. You know, there's so many things that he wanted to do that he didn't get a chance to do that are just happening now. He was a uh, dreamer of, of great things. Putting a man on the moon. You know, he said that way back in 1961. By the end of the decade, he put a man on the moon. And sure enough, because he knew yeah. America could do it. He got a man in space. He didn't. He didn't put the man on the moon. He put the man in space. Right. Uh, John John Glenn. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he what? he put the plan together, the vision for Man on the Moon. But it still was good. You're right, Kurt. He was good. Um, really was. I didn't know he was. Uh, he, he was a big supporter of the art. He was, you know, a big advocate of the youth. He was one of the first president to really put the internship positions into the White House. He believed that the young were the future for today and that they needed to get in and get their hands dirty. And the sad part is is a lot of... Go ahead. Wasn't the Peace Corps started under John Kennedy? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I did sad part was is that a lot of things that he was working on Johnson got credit for them because they didn't get finished because of his time being taken short that's true I remember pictures of him and the kids in the White House, uh, Johnny and uh, Caroline. Caroline. Uh, there was all pictures of John, little Johnny and Nita's desk at the White House. That was pretty cool. He was a great man. You know, this is kind of interesting. The National Defense Education Act was actually originally created to help schools get more funding to increase their science and language education. Oh, really? Good help. 
how that was twisted today. Yeah. One of his dreams was every kid getting an education in public schools that you would get in a private school. That's awesome. And now is his his war story I, I I've read about some of his war stories and stuff, how he how his father prepped him to become president. Um, I my family has a little history of, of the Kennedy. My great aunt was a uh, was married to the, one of the governors of Massachusetts, and he was a friend of the Kennedys. They invited the Kennedys over for a dinner. Um, my aunt Bertha's house, and Joe and what was Joe? Joe and her his wife's name. I forgot. Rosalind. But anyway, they came over with a. Young Jackie and young Bobby back in the, before he started running for He also was pivotal in the the nuclear test ban treaty with the Soviet Union and the UK, prohibiting nuclear testing in the atmosphere, outer space, and outer wa- underwater. So he put a ban on that? I'm sorry, what? Couldn't hear you. You were breaking up. Oh, sorry. Um, he no was. Problem. He created the nuclear test ban treaty, which helped ease the tensions of the Soviet Union in the Cold War by prohibiting nuclear weapons testing in the air, space, and water. Wow. That was a great achievement. So I do remember mm-hmm. that as a kid. You know, one of the ways that he changed, you know, even just politically, the, the whole campaign. You know, one thing that I admire the most about him is that, one, he was the first Catholic. But unlike yeah. certain presidents, he did not change his faith. He stood by and proudly talked about being Catholic. And would never deny it or walk away from it. Yes. That's why one thing I liked about him. He didn't back down. You know, he fought really hard to change the way. the presidency and others did outreach and engagement. He wanted to completely open the White House. Okay, I'll look at your room later. Thank you, bye. And make everything transparent. No, he's the one that helped adopt and create town halls, television addresses, 
He wanted that direct line of communication to the people. Yeah. Yeah, so he started that um, a phone in the, way, in the Oval Office directly to the Soviet Union, right? He the one that started that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, why did he go down to Dallas? I, I don't understand why he had to go to Dallas. Um, the biggest reason why he went down is because he didn't play the game. You know, and you can see oh. this to, this today. For instance, with Trump. Trump didn't play the game the way you want him to play. Or well, even Nixon right. didn't play the game. If you don't play the game the way they want you to play it, you get destroyed. Yeah, and that's cost him his life because he didn't want to play the game. You know, he promoted active, social activism. He wanted people to, he wanted it to be like Martin Luther and be nonviolent. he was a big advocate of our health care reform system. And his brother, Teddy, kept it going after. And his dream and his goal was to have affordable health care for everybody. I didn't know that. So he was the first one to start that. Correct. One thing I didn't know in my research when I was going through the old newspapers was I, that, you know, he didn't collect a paycheck. Oh, he didn't collect a paycheck when he was president? Nope. He donated everything to different organizations. He was a millionaire, a millionaire in his own right, thanks to his dad and you know his family. Yeah. So, yeah, he know he was, he kept it quiet, but yeah, he never collected a paycheck. Huh? I always thought Trump was the first one that did that. No, I know um, Bushes did it. Bushes donated. Um, I know George Bush Jr. did it to. Um, Donated it to a lot of military causes. Right. And hate him or like him, George Bush still does a lot of stuff for the military. He was out on uh, Veterans Day. He was out leading a bunch of veterans uh, riding across um, uh, down in Texas where they live. 
and he's been doing that for years. The the bicycle Michael bicycle riser vets. You know, there are so many mm-hmm. social causes and so many things and organizations that, you know, as the family, progresses and the generations go, you know, they're involved in. You know, they're so big in about education. You know, um, Carolina's daughter is a owns her own publishing company and publishes children's books. And is a big advocate in kids reading. Well, there are so many things that Jackie did behind the scenes that no one ever talked about. The arts programs and conservation. Kennedy looked up to Teddy Roosevelt, thank you, and was all about preserving our wildlife and our natural parks and our natural resources. And he started diving a little bit into climate change back then even, a version of it. But his version of climate change was preserving the forest. Cut a tree, plant a tree. Keeping our wildlife there for future generations. Well, he, um, Kennedy, um, signed in a bill for Cape Cod. They had a section of Cape Cod called the Cape Cod National Seashore, and Kennedy applied that for, uh, like, a state park conference. And, you know, and he had a lot of, a lot of, um, I don't know, a lot of background doing that. And it's a beautiful park that he, he did. He signed it law. But yeah, he was, uh, he, was he, he did everything for the environment, too, like you said. I didn't know about the uh, global warming um, stuff. He did. I'm learning a lot on him. <laughs> I spent I, I just went through, I collect old newspapers and I've got a stack of them in magazines and time lice and mm-hmm. from oh. that time period. And I just sat down last night and started reading them. Oh. You know, I learned a lot more than I ever knew. You know, he mm-hmm. was, the man was, his goal was to improve relationships with Latin America and wanted to help with really? the social and economic issues and want and create the partnerships between Latin America and the U.S.
Wow. You know that. But what's uh was that what countries were that were that what countries? All Southern North American? One of central goals for Alliance for Progress was to promote economic development in Latin America. It was aimed to oh, stimulate cool. economic growth, reduce poverty, and narrow the wealth gap. We pledged financial assistance, technical expertise, and investment in support for infrastructure projects and educational programs. He also had wanted land reform. The unequal distribution of land is a significant issue in many Latin American countries. Was the goal was to address social inequality by promoting more equitable land ownership and improving the living conditions in rural populations. Paying and cooperation develop more than just communism. He wanted to wipe out communism for starters. Oh, of course he did. You know, he wanted to, to help the social political landscape of Latin America still use his ideals as a way to shape and help them. A lot of things, you know, when Trump got elected, mm-hmm. they compared him to Kennedy. And the more research we do, I do on Kennedy, the more it really does. Trump followed Kennedy's plan. Yeah, it wasn't Trump like, I mean, it was almost like his idol. Kennedy, Trump's idol was Kennedy. It's amazing to look at all the stuff this man did in a short period of time. What, well, three years? Yeah, well, almost less than three years, right? 61, 63, yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, he accomplished a lot of stuff. But... I wonder what happened if we were still alive today. You know, how how different we would be. Um, um, we wouldn't be in Vietnam for one. No, we wouldn't. That's that's one of the things that um, Johnson and him put their heads on because Johnson wanted. No, I'm just saying he wanted to escalate the war, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Kennedy didn't. Kennedy wanted to get out of there because he knew what was going to go happen. So. We were provi- he inherited where we were, where we were providing military and economic assistance to the South Viet- Vietnam right. as they were put. His, he had 
we increase advisories towards Vietnam. He supported what was called the Strategic Hamlet Program, an initiative aimed at relocating rural Vietnamese into fortified villages to protect them from the Viet Cong. His biggest hey, thing was... I have to uh, sign off right now for a couple of minutes. I'll be back to college before the show ends, okay? Okay. Give me. All right, get back. You know, remembering JFK 60 years later lies in a poignant commemoration of pivotal historical moments, the 60th anniversary of JFK's assassination. This broadcast serves as a platform for reflection, remembrance, and profound exploration into how the events of November 22, 1963 have left an enduring imprint on the fabric of our world. As we revisit this crucial juncture in history, our goal is to unravel the intricate threads of JFK's life, the presidency and the tragedy that unfolded in Dallas. Beyond being a mere retrospective, we aim to illuminate the lasting impact of JFK's leadership on the course of global politics, international relations, and social societal norms. By delving into JFK's legacy, we seek to understand how his vision for a better world marked by themes of hope, unity, and progress continue to resonate today. This broadcast provides a unique opportunity for listeners to connect with the profound historical context of JFK's era, examining not only political landscape, but also the cultural and social transformations spurred by his influence. In exploring how JFK's assassination has shaped our world, we acknowledge that his legacy transcends the boundaries of time. By unpacking the ripple effects, the emanated from that tragic day, we invite our audience to join us the journey through engaging discussions, historical insights, and personal reflections. We aim to create a meaningful space for contemplating the impact on one of man's life, life on the trajectory of nations and the collective callousness of humanity and consciousness of humanity. The living testament of it, to the enduring power of leadership, the complexities of history, and the lessons that we glean from a legacy that has stood the test of time. We come together to commemorate the anniversary. We invite our listeners to participate. So John F. Kennedy, commonly known as JFK, was born on May 29, 1917, in Brooklyn, Massachusetts into a prominent political family. In his early life, he was the second of nine children born to Joseph, a successful businessman and diplomat, and Rose Kennedy. He attended the Chiote School in Connecticut and later Harvard University, where he excelled academically in various activities. During World War II, he served in the United States Navy in the Pacific Theater. 
his boat, CT-109, was sunk by a Japanese destroyer, and Kennedy's leadership in saving his crew earned him the Navy and Marine Corps' medal for her heroism. After the war, JFK entered politics in the House of Representatives in 1946. In 1952, he was elected... Yes. Class, go. Bring it here. In 52, he was elected to the U.S. Senate, serving as a junior senator from Massachusetts. He married Jacqueline in in September 12, 1953. They had three children, Caroline Jr. and Patrick. Jackie became an iconic first lady known for her grace, her style, and cultural contributions. In 1960, JFK ran for presidency against Richard Nixon, winning a closely contested election. At 43, he became the youngest person ever elected to presidency. His inaugural address on January 20th, 1961, included the famous line, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. As a president, he faced challenges during the presidency, including the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962, a 13-day standoff with the Soviet Union that brought the world to the brink of nuclear war. He also advocated... Ariana, you have to plug your damn computer in. I'll do that. Military for Civil Rights proposed an alliance for progress to improve relations in Latin America. Okay, so here we are going to add. Here you go, Anna. A letter, add a blend. Go plug it in. Tragically, on November 22nd, 1963, JFK was assassinated while riding in a motorcade in Dallas, Texas. His death had a profound impact on the nation and the world, leading numerous conspiracy theories. Kennedy's legit, legit legacy included inspiring a new generation of leaders. His commitment to public service and the enduring image of Camelot associated with his presidency. John F. Kennedy's life and presidency are remembered for their idealism, the charisma, and the enduring hope for a better future that he instilled in the American people. November 22, 1963, a day that changed history, was the day of the assassination that we will talk into great detail on Friday. He influenced U.S. politics. The assassination of President Kennedy had a profound and lasting impact on the politics and the nation as a whole. 
and we'll get into more details about this. The continuity of change in foreign policy, Kennedy's approach to the Cold War was characterized as a concept of flexible response, which involved a range of military options in different levels of conflict. Well, Kennedy's assassination led to concerns. The U.S. foreign policy successor, Johnson, largely maintained an existing strategy and commitment. His presidency had a profound cultural and social impact on the United States, shaping an area, an era often referred to as Camelot. The Kennedy administration is often romanticized as a modern-day Camelot, symbolizing an era of optimism and cultural dynamism. The use of and charismatic image of JFK and his stylish wife captured the nation's imagination, creating a sense of hope and possibility. With his famous inaugural speech, it gave us the call to civic duty, inspired a generation to actively engage in public service and community involvement. He became the hub for intellectual and artistic endeavors, hosting performances by renowned artists, musicians, and writers. His support for the arts contributed to a cultural renaissance, fostering creativity and expression. Kennedy's support for the arts played a crucial role in culture fostering a cultural renaissance in the United States. And his administration recognized the importance of the arts in shaping national identity, fostering creativity, and promoting intellectual and cultural growth. Some of these aspects are the establishment of the National Endowment for the Arts. He proposed legislation that would eventually lead to the creation of the NEA. The Independent federal agency dedicated to supporting and funding the arts across the country. It played a significant role in providing financial assistance to artists, art organizations, and cultural institutions. Kennedy and First Lady were notable patrons of the arts. They hosted a series of cultural events at the White House known as the House Salute to the Arts, which celebrated various forms of artistic expression, including music, literature, and visual arts. These events brought attention to the importance of arts in American society and showcased talent of numerous artists. His presidency emphasized the importance of intellectual and cultural exchange as a means of promoting an understanding and cooperation between nations. Programs like the Fulbright Program, which has facilitated educational and cultural exchange between the U.S. and other countries, contributed to a global exchange of artistic ideas and perspectives. Kennedy's commitment to literature and the written word was evident in his support for American writers. He invited numerous poets, novelists, and legendary literary figures to the White House events recognizing the impact of literature on national culture. The Kennedy administration helped create an environment where American literature flourished, such as J.D. Selinger, John Updike, prominence during this period. 
Kennedy was a fan of jazz and popular culture. Recognizing their significance in American society, the White House regularly hosted jazz performances showcasing talents of musicians like Duke Ellington. Kennedy's endorsement of these art forms contributed to their broader acceptance and integration into the mainstream cultural conversation. Kennedy's presidency left a lasting legacy of inspiration for the arts. The vision for a new frontier extended beyond political and social issues to encompass cultural and intellectual pursuits. This ethos encouraged artists to explore new and innovative avenues of expression, contributing to a period of cultural vibrancy and experimentation. JFK's support of the arts was a key element in fostering a cultural renaissance of the United States through legislative initiatives, cultural events, the White House, and emphasis on intellectual exchange. Kennedy administration contributed to flourishing of creativity and expression in various cultural legacy of this period continued to shape American arts and letters for years to come. As we all know, Kennedy's presidency witnessed the intensification of the civil rights movement. While progress was gradual, he spoke out in favor of civil rights and took steps to address the racial inequality. The powerful images of African-American students being escorted by federal marshals to integrate schools highlighted the struggle for equal rights. Kennedy's commitment to space exploration articulated in his famous 1961 speech spurred a sense of national pride and technological innovation. Apollo program initiated during his presidency eventually led to the historic moon landing in 1969. The Kennedy family's popularity and media presence made them cultural icons. JFK's television, televised press conferences and speeches showcased an era of political communication, leveraging the power of the media to connect with the public. As we conclude this commentative show honoring JFK's legacy, let's carry a spirit of reflection forward. The impact of John F. Kennedy's vision continues to resonate, and your engagement has made this journey more, even more profound. Take a moment to reflect on the lessons learned, the inspiration gained, and the questions that linger. How does JFK's legacy influence your perspective on leadership, public service, and our shared community? Thank you for being part of this journey. Together, let's keep the flame of reflection burning bright. Until next time, stay inspired and keep reflecting. And have a good day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye for now.